0: for the Word of God this morning? Excellent, you're in the right place. Father, I thank you for the power of your Word coming to pass in our lives. I thank you for the transforming power that it has to change every circumstance, every situation, every thing that is not aligned with your word would come into an alignment, because today is a day of transformation. Today is a day of uh, being inspired by who you are and what you can do in our lives. And I thank you this morning that every uh, person who hears this message, whether it's in person here or as they download the podcast, Father, that they would be impacted by the power of your word, what you say about what's going to happen, Lord. I thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to guarantee you, that if you lean in this morning, that you will get more. I'm going to say to you up front again this morning, as I did last week, that if you will uh, engage with the message this morning, and I will dig deeper. If you're hungry for the Word of God, I will actually make sure that you go away overfull uh, with the Word of God. I believe that God's Word changes things. I believe God's Word changes circumstances and situations. I believe by His Spirit, as He breathes upon His Word, His Word comes to pass, it explodes in our world, and it starts to, s- to see things happen. You know, it's just one word, word that, that, that uh, God created the world, and things change. You know, what wasn't suddenly became. And I believe that you'll hear something this morning that will resonate in your spirit and that God will change a, a, a perspective it will start to change a mindset that maybe you've entertained and uh, and God wants to break open over you he wants you to break out my, my goal this morning is to actually unleash you into our community my goal this morning is to actually say to you that it's our heart as a church to take the chains off that the enemy tries to say to you that you can't do this you can't do that you can't think of yourself as being a successful person person you can't do the the things that you know in in your heart that you've harbored you know God's spoken into your your heart words in in the past and and you've not seen them come to pass but you know that they're still there you know that there's a resonance resonance within your spirit and it's my 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 intention this morning to stir it up again to stir up the words that God has has put into your life and into your heart. It's my intention this morning to bring back to your remembrance those things that He's spoken over you so that you can start to say, you know what, I'm going to actually agree with what God says about my life and the way that He wants me to lead my life and the way that He wants to shape me in this world and He wants me to bring a difference into this world. That's what I want to do this morning. And if you'll lean in this morning, if you'll start to say, you know what, I'm going to lean into this message. I'm going to lean into what God has got for me. I'm going to start to get an expectation happening in my spirit. And I believe that God will will meet that expectation. And you walk out of here with a a, a difference in your spirit, a difference in your mindset, and an understanding that God is for you and not against you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 says God said to Joshua, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give to them. Bit of background here is that the people of Israel have just come out of Egypt. Moses has led them through the wilderness for about 40 odd years. And now the, the task goes to Joshua to take them into the promised land and to actually take possession of the land that God had promised to the people of Israel that he would give to them. And he, God says to, to Joshua, be strong, be courageous. You will lead these people to possess everything that I've sworn to give to them. This was Joshua's mandate from God and I believe that this is God's mandate to us today, to be strong, to be courageous, to lead in our community or our context, whether it's in our families, in our homes, or whether it's in the school yard, or it's a university areas, or whether it's in the workplace, God wants us to lead. God wants us to possess the land that he's saying, this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. This is God's land. This community belongs to God. Our job, my job, is not to pastor a congregation. My job is to pastor a community. Your job is to pastor a community. Free people agree. We've got to understand that God's plans are so much bigger and greater than we can ever think or imagine. You know what? This passage of Scripture unbeknownst to us, was actually God's mandate to Pastor Keith and Wendy, who were the senior pastors of this church, before us. God gave us this passage of Scripture as we were contemplating uh, taking on being the pastors of this church. We had no clue that that was what God spoke into their world for them to take on the church. All we knew was that God had given this to us. So when we shared this with Pastor Keith and Wendy in an appropriate way, They said that's the same word that God gave to us to take the church on to. When God spoke this passage into our hearts, we felt him speak to us on two very clear levels. The first level was that God wants his people to possess this land in which we live and work and play. We believe that God wants this land as his land. He wants this land to be his land. Wherever you are, God wants that land to be yours. That's why he says in Joshua, wherever you set your foot, That's the land I'm giving to you. We've got to start to believe that we are the carriers of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within us. And he wants us to possess the land wherever we go. Secondly, we felt that God said God wants his people to possess his promises. I believe that there have been people here who have given up on the promises of God in your life because you haven't seen them come to pass in this time. It's been too hard. Every time you start to believe that that's the, the reality of what God wants for you in your world, you, you seem to be bombarded by the enemy. Bad things start to happen. Everything comes crashing in around your family or, or your workplace. Things start to blow up. Things start to, to just fall apart. What I want to say to you this morning, despite all those, th- all those things, God wants you to possess the promises that He's spoken over your life. And it's time that we rose up as the people of God with the word of God in our hand and made a declaration. You can come against me with everything you've got, enemy. But you know what? I believe that God's word stands firm. And we've got to start to declare what God's word says over our world. That's why with the declaration when we do the offering, I'm absolutely committed to this. I know that people are starting to see more and more things happen in your world as you start to make these declarations about your finances, about your world, in your life. You're starting to see things differently and start to see change. We're convinced that God called us to pastor this church, to lead this church, so that people in and connected with this church can take this land and possess the promises of God for their lives. We feel as though that we, what we've done in the church to this point has been a period of preparation for all that God is about to do in and through this church. In November of this year, we'll have been the pastors for 13 years. It's almost like it's been 13 years of preparation. Well, I'm rejoicing today because it took Moses 40 years of preparation. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm ahead of the curve this morning. I'm happy about that, you know. <laughs> I'm, by the way, I'm not comparing myself in any way to Moses. Okay? I don't, I want, to, I don't want to go where he went. I don't want to be what he, had to happened to him. So I'm just saying, I'm just happy. I'm a happy camper this morning. You all right? Cool. Since late last year, we've been on this journey of revisiting our vision, our mission, and our purpose. We've done this because I believe that God spoke to us about a certain scripture. And it's and I've shared this openly with people uh, uh, a number of times. And it's uh, Ephesians chapter two verse twenty it says, "Together we are His house, built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Himself." Church, I want to tell you right now, we will always be a God-centered church. We will always be a God-centered church. It is all about Jesus. But there are certain things that we as a church need and require in our world as well. I'm not a prophet. I am not an apostle. Therefore, we need those, the, the vision and the voice of a prophet and an apostle speaking into the life of this church, into our lives. We have that. As a prophet to infuse church, In September 2015, Steve McCracken spoke to us about revisiting our vision, our mission, and our DNA as a church. And you might ask, well, why on earth do we need to revisit our vision and mission and DNA as a church? I believe that there are a number of reasons we need to do that. We need to refine what we're doing. In other words, we need to clarify it. We need to make it clear. Secondly, we need to reflect on where we're heading to point the way. We need to refine it so that we actually know the direction that we're heading in. We need to respond to who's calling us, simply walking in obedience to God as we do this. Fourthly, we need to realign our resources more effectively and efficiently using what we have in our hands already well. But the number one reason that we're actually revisiting and looking at, refining and and defining... Our vision, mission and, and, and DNA is that we believe that God has spoken to us through the prophet Steve McCracken to do this. We're responding to God this morning. So ever since September, late last year, we've been on this process of revisiting what it is that we say that we are doing. We've spent a lot of time, the leadership team, praying and, and, and seeking God about our vision, mission, culture, and DNA and stuff. And to that end, what I'm going to share with you this morning is something that I believe will excite and inspire you, that will help us all to see exactly what we are all about and how we are going to do this this morning. So what I share is not the whole picture, but the start of a glimpse, the start of a look that over the next few years we're going to start to see unfold in ever-increasing measure, so that we can actually do what God has called us to do this morning. Our current purpose statement has been to connect people with God, to encourage and empower them to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. As of today, that changes. As of today, our purpose statement says, and you need to write this in your notes. There are notes here for this morning. If you don't have any notes... Let me know and I can make sure that our hosts can get some in your hands. But this morning, our purpose statement says this. To encounter God, becoming passionate followers of Jesus, equipped to help others encounter Him. To encounter God, becoming passionate followers of Jesus, equipped to help others encounter Him. I want to say to you this morning, I want to to encounter God. I, I want to encounter God. I believe that there's a cry in our community to encounter God. Authentic, genuine encounter with God. At the core of it, up front, we want to encounter God. We want to meet Him. We want to be in His presence. We want to experience Him and His fullness. In other words, we're hungry for Him. We want the real deal. The real McCoy. We want to encounter the living God. I love reading about people's encounters in the Bible. But I want to encounter God as well. Not just once. Not just twice but I want an ongoing encounter with God. Our heart is to become passionate followers of Jesus. That the encounter we have with God creates within us such a response that we'll passionately follow him wherever, whenever, and to whomever he leads us. Matthew chapter 9 verse 9 says as Jesus saw Matthew the tax collector and said to him follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. I want to say to you this morning that Jesus is still calling people to follow him. Jesus is still calling people today to follow him. Will you rise up and follow Jesus today? Will you Leave behind the things that have stopped you from moving forward in God and follow Jesus this morning. This is the thing that we're asking people to say. Wherever he is, we'll be. Whatever he's doing, we're a part of it. Whatever he says, we will hear and obey. We're going to do what he asks us to do. We're taking his call to to follow me and be my disciple seriously. He's still calling his disciples to follow him. We're calling us to passionately follow Jesus this morning. But here's the thing. To passionately follow Jesus is so much more than just an emotional response. Because I know that there are different personality types here. So what we're meaning when we say passionately follow Jesus... Is that all this? We'll start to engage with those things in our hearts that demand action of us. There's something that God has placed within us, He's deposited something within us. And that is what we're asking us to passionately follow God with. That we're going to make a, a, a difference because something in us creates our heart to beat faster. It makes our heart beat faster. There's something that calls us to get out of bed first thing in the morning. Because God has got something for us to do. It, it unlocks our resources. You know, so, some things we would not give to. But some things we're ready and willing to give to. Because it creates within us a connection with something that God has already placed within us. And it's that passionate thing on the inside. We're saying that's the thing that we want to passionately follow Jesus with. The gifts, the ability, the resources that God has placed within us already that we can follow him with. We want to unleash you. We want to unleash you. As a body of believers, as a group, as a gathering of people, As the body of Christ, as a part of the kingdom of God, we want to unleash you. To take away the things that have held you bound, held us all bound to some degree. And we want to passionately follow Jesus. When you go out into the cafe after the service to check out what's happened in there, you're going to see the results of someone who has a passion for reaching out to our community through hospitality. Someone who sees the cafe area as an outreach to provide people with an opportunity to encounter God. People gave for this very purpose, a sum of money to be able to do this. Because they, you know, the, the vision to reach our community unlocked the resources that they had and they said, We want to give to this. And we tried to do the best that we could. There's still some we've still got to do. But it unlocks some things inside. There was a passion inside to reach to to people in the community. And we want to release the passion from God that he's given to you, but also that's in you to connect with your purpose and see you engage with God's plan for your life. Our heart is then to equip you to help others encounter God for themselves. And so the cycle begins again. We actually believe that we are soul winners. It's a lie from the enemy that says you can't share your faith. It's unconstitutional for you to think that the government can stop you from praying or from sharing your faith with people. I say it's unconstitutional because the Word of God says that we can do it. Fear says you can't share your faith. Well, I want to say, actually, uh, you can. You can share your faith. You can see people walk into freedom. See, we actually believe that people who lovingly, this is what we are, that we are people who lovingly demonstrate and live out God's love in such a way that people make a decision to live for God and to follow Him too. What this means is that we talk about and live our faith as a witness to our world of God's love in the hope that we win them to Christ. See, our purpose in life is to worship God and to seek and to save the lost. That's why we're still here. The primary reason, I believe, is to see people to Christ. Yet so often we leave that as the, the secondary thing. We think it's all about worship. I'm not saying that one's above the other. I'm simply saying, let's do them together. As we worship, we can see people wonder Christ. There's nothing like the atmosphere of worship that softens a hardened heart. I, I know many times I've come into the presence of God. You know, I've had a, a tough week and you know, things haven't gone as I'd, I'd planned. Or, you know, it's just it's been tough. It's been a hard week. And then you start to worship. And all of a sudden, God unlocks the heart. And just has a way of penetrating the calluses. Has a way of, of getting through. And connecting with you and the innermost being. He says, I've been waiting for you to do that. And as we do that, we can start to say to people, you know what? I had the most amazing experience. Yesterday, I was just out driving my car. And you know what? I've had such a tough week. But as I began to, to just worship, I don't know if you know, but I'm a Christian. I, I just began to, to, to sing some songs to God. And I knew that God was in the car with me right then you know what, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but I want to just tell you, Jesus has made a huge difference in my life and I don't know where I'd be without him. You know what, doesn't take much to do that. It is dead easy. I say dead easy because you've got to die to yourself to do it. You see, Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, The Son of Man has come to seek out and to to give life to those who are lost. That's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of the kingdom of God. We want something to show for our faith in God. We want the fruit of our lives to be visible through populating heaven and getting people's names into the Lamb's book of life. That's how we're going to know that we've made a difference in people's lives. That we may not get them across the, the, the line, but we can be part of the process that brings them to the point of decision. It's not my job to get them saved. My job is to share the faith. To talk about my experience about what God is doing. You know what? So many people, when I used to be a police officer, they used to tell me about their weekend. About their parties. Their barbecues. The things that they did. Surely I have the same right. I was, I, I, when I was working in, in, uh, in the, the police, we used to have this great big locker room, you know. I always, I always longed for another Christian police officer who had his locker on the far side of the locker room so that we could yell out to each other what did you do on the weekend? Well, I'm glad you've asked. I had the most amazing time in church on Sunday. Church? You go to church, so do I. You know, it's just like a dumb thing that you think about in your head, but you know what? I just thought it would have been really good to do that, you know? So if you've got a locker room that's really big and you've got a Christian on the other side of the locker room, start a conversation. Just see what happens, you never know. You never, I mean, you know, it's, if you've got a neighbor down the street, you know, that they're, you know they're a Christian and you know, stuff. So, what did you do on the weekend? <laughs> I'm messing with you, but you know what I'm saying, all right? Here's, here, here, how about this? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 out of the Passion Translation says this. But a, a life-lived loving God bears lasting fruit. What's the lasting fruit that we want to win to Christ? He answers the question himself. For the one who is truly wise wins souls. If we're wanting truly lasting fruit in our world, then let's see some people saved. Let's see people come into a relationship with God. Let's see people encounter God in a whole new, fresh and vital way. See, then this whole process starts again. You know, we encounter God, becoming passionate followers of Jesus, equipped to help others encounter Him. Here's a real three-word way of saying all of that. Okay? Encounter follows encounter. What's that purpose statement? Encounter follows encounter. Encounter follows encounter. Encounter Follows, encounter. Again, counter, follows, encounter. Encounter, follows, encounter. And Follows, encounter. Follows, encounter. Follows, encounter. Because if we have a genuine, we have a genuine encounter with God, I want to pursue that. I want to follow that. When people are genuinely in love with Christ, people come up to say, why are you so different? I want some of that. What's happened? They've started to follow. They haven't even given their hearts to Christ yet, but they just want to follow. There's something different about you. And it comes to a point where they make a decision for Christ. This means for us as a church that every connect group, every department now has as uh, its primary call the challenge to encounter God, to help people to passionately follow Jesus and to help others encounter God as well. So when we meet as a connect group or for a team meeting, we're creating an opportunity for an encounter with God. It's not just another meeting. It's an opportunity to encounter God. It's not just another Sunday service. It's an opportunity to encounter God. It's not just another prayer meeting. It's an opportunity to encounter God. It's not just another day at work. It's an opportunity to help someone encounter God. It's not just another day at school, young people. But it's an opportunity to help someone encounter God. It's not just another trip to the shops It's an opportunity to help someone encounter God. How are we going to do this? I'm glad you've asked. Most of you will be aware that as a church, we just finished doing the Four Cups series. Well, I'm going to give you a heads up this morning. There's more to the Four Cups series than just doing a Sunday service and having a study to study in the Connect Groups. Directly behind the four cups is a structure and a system that will help us to be more deliberate and intentional as a church on four distinct levels. Those four distinct levels are, number one, encountering. Secondly, embracing. Thirdly, equipping. And fourthly, encouraging. So the first one of encountering. You need to write these little words in your in your notes this morning. So the first one... Encountering is all about the first cup of salvation. We're going to provide everyone with an opportunity to personally encounter the heart of God. This is the, the base level. This is where we're going to start from. We are doing this because we want someone to encounter God to do today in this meeting, in this, in, in, in this outreach. That's why I'm so, so um, overjoyed and stoked and celebrate the community garden and the playgroup. I celebrate what they're doing because they're providing an opportunity for someone to encounter God. Can I want would encourage you, get behind what the fundraising that, uh, that Sarah's doing with those books. You may never use the, the, the book in your life but you'll give 65 bucks towards helping a, a playgroup actually reach some children, families, by putting up a shade sale. It's not about the vouchers. It's about supporting a vision to outreach and to to create an encounter for the playgroup to reach our community. Get behind them. Because at the base level, that's what we want to do. See, John 3.16 and verse 17 says, For God so loved the world so much that he gave. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. See, people need to understand that the reason that Jesus came to the earth was not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Too many people have this perception, this, this preconceived idea that Jesus is all about judgment. Now that's a part of the story. But it's a story that, for people that don't have Christ. Now, I don't need to go around telling people that you're under judgment about, you know, because you don't know Jesus and and, and, you're just going to get, he's going to get you a big stick and, and just whack you on the head with it. That's not what we're about. His heart is one of loving people that he wants people to have a relationship with him. And we've just got to share that simply. Secondly, embracing. Embracing is all about the second cup of deliverance. Embracing God and people in committed relationship and service together. John 8 verse 31 to 32 out of the Passion Translation says, Jesus said to those who believed him, When you continue to embrace all I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. In other words, you know, some of us have been Christians for absolutely oodles of years. But we still haven't embraced Christ. We still haven't embraced the truth and the power of his word. We see it there as just a suggestion about how we should live our life. It's the ten suggestions that Moses got on the top of the hill. We need to embrace the truth. It's only as we embrace the truth that we're going to find this freedom that it talks about. Thirdly, equipping. Equipping is all about the third cup of redemption. Going on a journey to discover and fulfill God's purpose for our lives. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we're God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're going to help people to find and identify your purpose for being on the earth. Fourthly, encouraging. Encouraging is about the fourth cup of fulfillment. Encouraging everyone to grow in their faith and share the good news of the gospel wherever we are. You don't just have to wait till Sunday morning to share your faith. Saying to one of the people, one of our hosts on the front door, God bless you, I'm a Christian, it's great to be here today. I'd suggest your work colleague needs to hear that. You okay with me this morning? I mean, you, you, like, I'm getting the stare back. Going, like, in you know, a deer caught in the headlights shot, you know? This is what it says. John 10.10. 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That ends. Because now we're under a new mandate. The purpose for God and what he has for us. He says, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says, Then Jesus told them, Go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. It's as we go into our workplace, as we go into our school, as we go into the shops, as we go into our family celebrations, as we go in, we're going to share the message of Jesus. Each of these areas will form an integral part uh, of a pathway that helps people to to go on a journey and, and a process of knowing who they are and what they're to do. This is the way that we are now going to be structuring everything in the life of our church. We're organising infused church around our four E's. You can call them the four cups if you want. The four promises of God. We are going to be structuring everything around these areas. So the cup of sanctification, what does that look like? The cup of salvation. That's our weekend services, our Sunday services. I said plural, because I'm believing for growth. Sunday services, week services, a Friday night service, a Wednesday night service. Wherever it is, whatever it is, that we grow to a point of being able to do those things. It's good for believers, but primarily it's there to reach people and provide a, a space for people to encounter God. The cup of deliverance, the cup of freedom is going to be seen in our connect groups. You need to write that in the the little space that's there. See, real life change only happens in relationship. We've got to be in in vital relationship with the people that we're walking through life with. I need to be accountable to someone and someone needs to be accountable to me. That we've got these open relationships where people can... Have some say in your world. Now, that that needs to happen in in terms of a small group of people that you're walking through life with. If you're not in a connect group today, I want to say and encourage you today, get in one. It will change your life. It will change your life. We're in a connect group. I'm not saying that this is something everyone else has to do, but I don't. No, Jane and I, we are in a connect group we are accountable to a certain group of people and have the ability to speak in our, in our, in our world and they have done. They've said to you, you can't say that. You can't do that. I didn't like it. But I knew they loved me and then that that's why they did say it. Who says that to you? Third cup of redemption is our growth track. We're still working on this and it'll be unfolded in the next few months. There's still some work to be done. But this is four steps for helping to discover our redemptive purpose. We're going to actually help people to understand what we as a church stand for. Then through the cup of praise. That's becoming part of the Infuse team. I'm not sure if you're aware. Most of you probably are. But every Sunday morning at 9.15, we have what I call a VIP huddle for every volunteer in every team here at Infused Church. A VIP huddle, vision, information, and prayer. Share a little bit about the Word of God, thanking them for being there. Information, what's happening during the service. uh, And then the P is just, we're going to pray. We're going to pray together. But becoming part of an integral part of a team that makes a difference by doing something that makes a difference. So the infused church pathway will help new people and new Christians become acquainted with infused church to help uh, take them all on a journey to becoming mature believers who do the work of ministry. We've not done discipleship very well. This is going to help us. That, that's a bit honest. Is that all right? Okay? But it's true, we've not done discipleship very well. This is going to help us. It provides a, a framework, a structure, a system that we can follow and take people on the journey towards becoming a passionate follower of Jesus. How would our community look if there was like, what, 80 people who were passionate followers of Jesus? What would our community really look like If we unleashed some passionate followers of Jesus, what would it look? I know what the early church looked like with only twelve doing it. What could we do with eighty? What could we do with one hundred and twenty that were in the upper room in the prayer meeting? God wants to take this land. What we're talking about isn't complete yet. We've still got some work to do, but we're well on the way. We're excited about the future and the growth of Infused Church. We're discovering new attitudes that take us to new altitudes. In other words, we've got to start to deal with this so that we can go up. I want to go up a level. I'm tired of staying at one level. I've got to grow as a a leader. I've got to grow as as a father. I've got to grow as a husband. I've got to grow as a man. Of God. Jane and I recently shared all of this with our department heads and our Connect Group leaders when the prophet Steve McCracken was with us. When we'd finished sharing this, Steve said to us that he felt God was saying to us as a church, and this is what he said his exact words Infused church has existed to this point, but today, infused church was launched. Welcome to the launch of Infused Church this morning. This is the church that God commissioned and anointed Jane and myself to pastor. This is the church that we want to be a part of. And this is a church that we're asking you to partner with us together to see our community and this region reached for the glory of God. I'm asking you today, partner with us, get behind it, support it, unlock the resources in your pocket, in your neighbor's pocket, to see us be able to do and achieve all that God wants us to achieve in this community. Amen? Let's stand. I'm going to ask everyone to adopt an attitude of prayer this morning. My section leaders, I need you to do what you do. The Bible says... If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. This morning, I want to give people an opportunity. Maybe you don't know what it's like to have Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Maybe you've never invited him to be a part of your life you've never opened up your heart and said Lord I'm sorry I've lived my life my way I want to live your life your life for me I want to live how you want me to live maybe you know that's that's something that you're just feeling strongly that you need to do this morning. maybe it's you've never really considered that you can give your life to, to God that you can actually start to live out something of a life that is absolutely beyond your wildest imagination. I'm going to tell you right up front, it's not an easy road to walk. All your problems don't go away. In fact, they're just about to start. But I believe it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling things that you can do with your life is to live for Christ. If you've never invited Christ to be a part of your life, then this morning you want to make that difference. I want you to put your hand up and say, yes, I want to do that this morning. I've got a great gift to give to you, but I want to make sure that we pray for you as we do that. So is there anyone here this morning? I don't know where everyone's come from. I don't, you know, we do have visitors here this morning, but it would be remiss of me not to give you an opportunity to receive Christ this morning. Is there anyone here? You say, I want to get, I want God this morning. I want Christ in my heart this morning. Just put your hand up right now. Anyone? Well, we're going to pray this together anyway. Because I think it's good for us to remind ourselves each week we're here to see people saved. And I'm believing that we're going to start to see 20, 30, 50 people at a time give their hearts to Christ. I want you to know that as your pastor, I'm going to make this appeal every time I preach. I want to see people saved. I want to see people encounter God. Let's pray this prayer together. It's up on the screen. Dear God, it's time for a change. I need a real relationship with you. Today, I open my life to knowing you. Forgive me for living my life my way. Today, I invite Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I want to know you. I put my faith in you. Give me the power to change. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you that you are here and that you're in the business of changing people's lives. We pray as a church, help us to bring about encounters with you in everything that we do in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.